at SAFM. Right, so with me is uh, Owen Ca- Felix Castle, in fact, of Owen Castle. Let's get that right. Owen Castle Leo Bernat, which is typical with these agencies. Long names, isn't it? 15 minutes with, uh, with Felix, just to get to know him a bit better. Felix, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me on, me on the show. Thank it's you. Great to be right. back. Good indeed. Okay, first of all, let's start with, with, with the company. This long-winded name, Owen Castle Leo Bernat. Tell, tell me about it. <laughs> what, what do you guys do? So, uh, Owen Kessel, Leo Burnett, we're an ad agency. Um, we started about uh, eight years ago as Owen Kessel, and uh, about a year ago, uh, we were acquired and put into the Leo Burnett network, hence the whole Owen Kessel, Leo Burnett um, giant moniker. The beauty about advertising is that the last place we're creative is with our names, it turns out. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we've had a, a really interesting ride over the last eight years. You know, we started an agency in the depths of an economic depression, and uh, found our way to uh, to be able to merge with one of the sort of best known brands in the world of uh, in the world of advertising, and uh, you know making our way forwards through some uh, some tricky waters if you want to call them that right now I guess uh, the advertising landscape being what it is uh, in constant flux. Um, you know we're 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 very proud. We've got two offices, one in Joburg, one in Cape Town, um, and uh, you know a really really dynamic and good leadership team. Uh, and we're out to change the world, I guess. That's really, you know, our, our fundamental mandate. We, uh, we're, we're, we're in the business that we love dearly, and we're desperate to make a real difference and a real change. Well, good, good for you. Let, let, let's talk about you and, and your. I mean, you're the CEO. Your, your, your leadership principles, especially playing in, in in this very creative space, which is the advertising industry. Well, I guess there's a, there, there are two important things. I come from uh, humble beginnings as a copywriter. So uh, finding myself uh, in the CE with a CEO's um, uh, title actually is more by accident, I think, than anything else. Um, but uh, as a copywriter, the one thing that I, I learned early on is that if, in this game, if you don't love what you do, you're never going to achieve the exceptional. And that's the one principle we're putting forward and we put forward in our agency. We really, really love what we do. You know, I hire against that. Um, we try and choose our clients against that. You know, uh, if you've got people who are passionate about what they do, you know, the, um, then work doesn't keep office hours anymore. Then people are working all the time and they're loving it and, and you really, really are able to uh, to excel. But I started out early on in 1995 or so. Um, the first campaigns I got to work on, and I was really lucky for that, was actually Vodacom, the Yebo Gogo campaigns, if you remember those. Is that, wow, I actually just, just had a chat with, uh, what is them called? Kole Amatoso, right, a couple of weeks back. And, and we must hopefully yes, exactly. talk about the genesis of that campaign all those years ago. So, so you were involved yeah. in that from, from which agency point of view? Um, so I was, at that stage, I was at FCB Lindsay Smithers. Okay. Like, wow. Again, yes. you know, wow. that's, that was them. Remember yeah. them? Way yes, back yes, when. yes, yes, yeah. And uh, I worked under a, <clears throat> a wonderful creative director called Francois de Villiers. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, and I think the chief of the agency at that point, from a creative perspective, was Ashley Bacon. And we, we, we did that, that series uh, of the Yabogogo ads. And Professor Bancoli and Mike DePina. Um, it was great to have a brand like Vodacom who was, who was um, uh, ready to, to sort of capitalize on the changing face of South Africa and actually make a kind of a, a unity statement through the advertising we were doing, you know. And I'm quite privileged to have been part of a team that, uh, that wrote, you know, some jargon into the South African lexicon, which is really, really nice. So, so which, um, which words can we attribute to you? Well, you know, the, I, I, I wish I could lay claim to the Yebo Gogo, but the truth is that that actually happened on the set on the day that we were shooting. Uh, 
and uh, um, somebody we needed uh, at that point, Mike Katina needed something flippant to say, and we'd, we'd not written it into the script. And actually, somebody on the set said, just blurted out, "Yeah, go go." And I guess Francois de Villiers acumen at the time, with his uh, you know his insight, it was uh, his ability to spot the right thing. He snapped that up immediately. He was like, "That's it. That's what this guy's going to say. That's exactly the words." And that's the thing that's made its way into, uh, you know, into, into South African, into the South African lexicon. You yeah. know, that, Yebo Gogo, Yebo Yes, all that stuff. Absolutely. And of course, the point made by, uh, Kolya Motos when I spoke to him that Yebo Gogo, in fact, is, uh, is referring to it to a lady as opposed to a man, but. Exactly. No, but it's, exactly. it just worked. Absolutely. All right. W- what for you that in, in your career, let's say, if, if I said, pick the three finest campaigns you've worked on, what would they be? Well, I suppose that, you know, I mean, I can't discount the Vodacom campaign. That's mm. got to be the one that really, really made a difference, made a, a huge difference. Um, I really, really enjoyed working on that, and I must say. I think uh, over time, I've worked on some really, really amazing um, brands, you know, um, and, uh, you know, not the least of which, <coughs> excuse me, not the least of which was actually the competitor. I did a lot of MTN work uh, subsequently, and we actually had a, a sort of wrote into the MTN um, uh, history, if you will. We did all their retail advertising, which was really, really powerful stuff at the time. You know, the cell phone networks were going head to head, and the only differentiator they really had was marketing. And we managed to get MTN to a point where they, for a very, very brief moment, tipped Vodacom around about the 2000s or so. Um, and I was quite proud of the effect that that had. Uh, other than that, I mean, at the moment, you know, I, I'm really proud of the Ansel Lager work that I've done of late, um, that the agency has turned out. You know, Amstel Lager, uh, when the license went back to Heineken some years ago, mm-hmm. uh, it struggled to reclaim its volume in the market. And we've done some beautiful, uh, beautiful storytelling commercial, commercials, the Amstel Boxer, the Amstel, uh, the, the, the Chef. That stuff is really, really beautiful. I love it a lot. And, you know, it's some of our finest work. And then lately, I think I quite like the launch of Amstel Light. I think that that's something that you've done a really, really good job with. Um, and uh, again, beautiful storytelling and uh, uh, a way of really sort of reaching into the reality of what our, what our, you know, what our market is about. Mm-hmm. I think those are the things I'm most proud of. How, what would you change in your industry? What, 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 you know, what, what don't you like? What don't I like? I still think that we're still a little too egocentric, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think that the advertisers uh, uh, do believe, by and large, that they know better, um, and I wish that that uh, that a bit more humility would creep back into our uh, back into our world again. Uh, I also think um, that we need to stop being uh, bewitched by digital. I think that that's a, a, a real problem at the moment. Um, we have a new channel that's come along, and it, 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 and it's exciting, and it's interesting, and it's new, and it's interactive, and it has this uh, this terrible. Uh, uh, ability to be measured right down to the, you know, down to the, the finest detail. But I think that we're treating it, we're not treating it the way we should. It's a beautiful channel to operate in, but it, it's not the be all and end all. And okay, my worry. So, so interesting one. You're saying we, okay. So you're saying we are being, be, we are bewitched. That's why we need to stop. How are we being yes. bewitched and what would you change there? So I think we're being bewitched because we are able to measure and see, uh, to measure sort of instant reaction. What we've lost sight of is that marketing, by and large, is a long-term process. And uh, um, the, the, the basic principles of, of uh, uh, sort of adoption, conversion, um, salience, those are the kinds of things we should be chasing. Uh, I guess the book du jour uh, at the moment is Byron Sharp's How Brands Grow. And in that, he talks about mental and physical availability. And, uh, and, and all we're really doing is trying to push either the mental or the physical availability in anything that we do. And digital only does that. What we, what digital has, uh, where we are being bewitched is that often digital is preaching to your loyalists. It's talking to a market that is already yours. 
And actually, if you want to grow a brand, you should be talking to the occasional user. You should be talking to the people that are not uh, so frequent, you know, um, not, not as loyal as it were. And digital really, uh, the danger is always that you preach to the choir. Yeah, so, so okay, let, let, I wonder what sort of changes will come through from there, right? Where, how, where do you consume media? I, I would think you need to pick up a lot of information every single day. Where, where do you get your information? <laughs> everywhere, Ashraf, absolutely everywhere. So I'm a, a, a ridiculous subscriber to blogs and uh, opinion pieces and, uh, and those kind of things. I, I make it a, sort of a determined effort every day to spend at least an hour just getting processing all of the, the, the what I see as the best work in the world and what I see as the best industry work in the world, um, just to make sure that I'm on top of what's going on, looking for interesting insights. The second thing that I really, really try to do for all my clients is get a hold of the trade publications in their industries and uh, uh, and also get hold of the opinion leaders in the industries and make sure that we have some kind of rapport with them. So there's a lot of time spent trying to digest what is out there and also trying to, trying to make sense of it all. I think, you know, partially we're all strategists once you reach the executive level. And what you have to really understand is what impact something's going to have, um, you know, when it, uh, when it hits, be that a technology, be that a campaign, uh, or a, a, a legal framework change, uh, laws, whatever they are. So you have to spend a lot of time processing information. So the web is really, really important for me for that. But more important is actually talking to people. More important is actually getting one-on-one with somebody and trying to understand and listen deeply to what concerns them in their industry. That and, and, and would that one-on-one be like your client? Or would that be, you know, sitting next to somebody at the bus stop, that type of thing? Or a coffee shop in this case? Well, <laughs> I mean, ironically, actually, coincidentally, it could be both. Um, uh, we've had, I've had some very meaningful conversations with people that you just meet on the fly. But clients are really important, obviously. And, and then w- what I find works really well is when you ask your clients who they listen to and then go and make a point of finding out who those people are and if you can engage in some kind of meaningful conversation with them. And lastly, you know, go to the competitors. It's amazing how often the competitors are willing to talk to you. So, you know, if why, you why would ask, they do you that? You, you would go to a competitor and say, assist me with a strategy because I'm battling it. And they'd say, yes, fine. Well, well, it's not quite as straightforward. Chivalry is alive. Yeah, what you can absolutely, absolutely do is say to them, gee whiz, your brand is doing really well at the moment. What do you know? What are you doing? What's up? And they're often very, very happy to share. Um, you know, the, 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 the day and age of being protective over ideas and, you know, um, uh, this kind of industrial espionage and advertising, those days are gone. We all, we're in the sharing economy at the moment, and ideas come from everywhere. At the moment, it's about being distinct. You don't have to differentiate as much anymore. You've got to be completely distinct. And if you're distinct, then it doesn't really matter how much you share because you are that particular, that particular brand, and that brand is yours. That brand evidences itself in the world in a very, very particular way. It shouldn't be a problem telling people what's coming next because if you're distinct enough, it'll belong to you and you alone. We, three, three campaigns, not, not from you, that, that are distinct right now that... You'd say wow to? Three campaigns that I would say wow to right now. Um, wow. <clears throat> I think, I'll tell you, uh, there, there is one that I'm looking forward to and I haven't seen yet. Can I start with that? Yeah, please do. Um, um, there's a, the, the Alan Gray business went out uh, um, to pitch a while ago. Uh, we got to pitch on it. We didn't unfortunately win it. But I'm very keen to see what happens next. That's been a beautiful brand based so heavily in a wonderful story tell, and I would love to see where that's going. I think that that's something that really, really became distinct. Everything from 
the way that they shot their movies, to the way they told their stories, to the way they did their print ads, even to their digital interaction. I think that was particularly good. I think that that's absolutely wonderful. So that's one that I think is really, really distinct. I would encourage everybody who's listening, if, you, if you're near a computer, um, to go and have a look at a campaign that ran last year called Buried, Bury the Bentley. It's a, okay. it's a South American campaign, and it is extraordinary. It's absolutely extraordinary. It's actually, a, it's actually for, a, for a, um, an organ drive. And if you can figure out the similarities between burying a Bentley and harvesting organs, um, you know, I salute you. These people did it. It is extraordinary. And uh, it has some of the greatest, it had some of the greatest online and digital traction in the world. It really is amazing. So I really, really like that. Um, and uh, I think, you know, a third, mm, I think a third, if you really, really were, mm. were to sort of press me at the moment, mm, I'm struggling for a third. I think that we're in a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a lull, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. All right. <laughs> la- la- lastly, the how would you rate the South African advertising industry when when benchmarked against the rest of the world? Okay. So there's a two part answer to that. Um, creatively, I think we are fantastic. I really we punch way above our weight. Um, you know, consistently for a small market, for a market that contributes virtually nothing to the bottom line of the international networks. And actually, if you look at the spend of our total uh, marketing, uh, our total marketing spend in the country across all brands, I think it's less than a single major campaign for a single brand in the States. It's that kind of madness. So we punch way above our, our, our weight and we are widely recognized and widely accoladed from a, from a, a creative perspective around the world. So I think that that's fantastic. I think what we, where we have a big problem, though, is at the bottom end of the market. So where we're trying to pull skills up into advertising, I think that's where we're struggling the most. And my worry is that our heyday is going to come to an abrupt end if we don't do something about um, cultivating that talent at the bottom end. We've got to find better ways and more ways of pulling people into our industry because they're being attracted by lots of other potential creative outputs at the moment. So they can go and be app developers, they can go and be games developers, they can go and do all sorts of interesting technologies. These are all the creative people that are coming, you know, up and coming. They're not going to land in advertising because we were the sort of final, economic, I mean, a sort of a commercially viable creative out- output, which was the case for so long. We've got to do a lot to keep people in here. I think, and then the, the, the last part of that is how do we fare in Africa? And I think mm, that's a, yeah. that's an, that's another, uh, uh, another question. Clearly internationally, we have this, we have this wonderful kind of first world, third world split in South Africa. So uh, the first world part of us competes internationally, but the third world part of us, um, is, 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 is fairly pedestrian. The rest of Africa is trying to find its voice at the moment. And, and I think that what we need to also start doing is, is, is looking very hard at how we can help Africa ascend how we can help Nigeria ascend. What can we do to bring Africa together as a continent um, uh, and, and, and make a real creative standpoint? Fifteen years ago, the South Americans pulled together and they became an enormous advertising powerhouse. I mean, they did the most phenomenal work. They found a South American voice that is very clear to see creatively. I think that we need to do the same for Africa. I think our time is now to do that. Okay, got that. That's uh, great chatting to you. Uh, just over 15 minutes, in fact, and some great insights. And I see people are tweeting about, uh, we are being bewitched. We need to stop being bewitched by digital. I think lots more questions will come to you after that. Uh, Felix uh, Castle, the CEO of uh, Owen Castle, Leo Bennett, thanks so much for your time.